Welcome everybody back to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham Deweese, back in with my co-host, Matthew, that damn dirty duck page, and a special guest from the Fast Nasties, the front man and actually former uh, co-host on the show, Eric Martin. How's it going, Eric? Hey, Abraham, how's it going? Not bad, not back. bad. <laughs> Welcome back from Mexico. Oh, oh, yeah, man. Lovely, lovely, love that place. <laughs> so that stinger that we've had for the last several years is actually your band. Uh, that song is called This Here Year. It 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 was this year year when you wrote it, but it's been three years since, and it still feels like it's this year year. <laughs> yeah, well, that that their year was 2020, and uh, <laughs> around the time that uh, everything had started becoming like actually real with the pandemic and the quarantine, and we're like, oh wait a minute, this is not going away for a while. Um, uh, I don't know how far you've ever gotten into the lyrics, but uh, the 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 chorus is, uh, "I'm gonna make it through this year. If I don't ever do another thing, gonna make it through this here year if it kills me, and it's trying to kill me." So, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that <laughs> luckily it didn't. I'm glad to see you back, my friend. And uh, I'm uh, glad the same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's actually again that's the Fast Nasties uh, band started by you and. Andreas Lorson, is that correct? Uh, Lorson, yep. Excellent, excellent. And that was started back in 2014. You call yourself uh, Motown meets Led Zeppelin? Actually, uh, when we were getting our, our first album uh, mastered, we were just so green and so new to it all that we wanted to sit in on the mastering session and just kind of soak it all in. And the guy who was mastering us um actually said that <laughs> so yeah that 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 that's an interesting clash i mean how do you how do you define that really i mean i think it's kind of um the the melding of my style with andreas's as uh, as as songwriters as musicians um andreas is a bit of a, a, a bluesy rock guitar player. And I just, I, I come up under Motown. That's, <laughs> that's just my whole vibe. Like I'm from Detroit <laughs> and my folks were the, the generation that got it all when it was brand new. And so particularly being in Detroit, that was all I heard growing up. So when you were uh, when you were a kid, you're around my age. So you would have been listening to Smokey Robinson and the Jackson Five and stuff like that, right? Well, they were the Jacksons by that point, but um, yeah, uh, like it was still Stevie Wonder. This was around the era of Thriller when I was a kid. Like I was in my preteens, you know, my earliest years in preteens in the eighties, uh, late seventies and into the eighties. And yeah, that's that's around the time of Thriller. If you remember Thriller, there there really hasn't been anything like musically quite like it since Thriller. So you grew up in Detroit. So growing up there, I assume by the age 10, they either give you a mic or a gun, just like in that movie, Eight Mile, right? <laughs> so you had to choose one career. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's it's not quite like that. At least it wasn't in my house because my folks didn't play that shit. 
Uh, oh, can I? Use That's fine. That's here? fine. No yeah. Worries. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, it was um, just it was it was not that it was very much an uh, an era where education was pushed. Um, you know, it, it, we had you know it didn't age well, but we had images like the Huxtables. <laughs> where you had the kids in college and the 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 lawyer dad or oh, yeah. lawyer mom and the doctor dad and it was it was that kind of thing and um it yeah it just that uh i was like my i was i was always encouraged to do things creatively so i was in plays and stuff like that and band and and and, and glee club and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but um it was definitely like there was there was no associating with anyone who was affiliated with anything that was crazy so um this was during the crack era too so it was (laughs) real slippery slope so you you mentioned several several different artists there but i'm curious who had the biggest impact on you who do you who do you uh look to as your biggest inspiration growing up okay um so for me, uh, vocally, you know, it, it really depends on the thing. So for me, vocally, uh, Levi Stubbs, lead singer of the Four Tops, hmm. uh, it just blows my mind how this guy could just, everything he did was this big, powerful baritone. Um, and a jazz singer, she... She called herself a song stylist, but she's a, you know it, she's lumped in the category of jazz. But she's a vocalist by the name of Nancy Wilson, not from Heart, but ah. a different Nancy Wilson. <laughs> not, not that Nancy Wilson, uh, a different Nancy Wilson. Uh, she's she's uh, she's gone now. But there was a time back in the '60s where she outsold everyone on Capitol Records except for the Beatles. Really? Yeah. So. Uh, and she's another one that she just has this uh, this vocal control where she can tell the story and be this powerful uh, diva in not an operatic way, but um, just the, the the she could convey exactly what the lyric meant. So uh, that's those, I would say those are my two biggest influences on uh on what i do nice i watched a bunch of your videos for fast nasties and even got to see you once now i now i look at your i look at your page and i notice there's a different group you're with called eric blue and the soul review uh, yeah. wh- what's that <laughs> the soul review is the first band actually so fast Nas- fast nasties came out a year after the soul review the oh. soul review was the first band that i started um well at first it was just eric blue and I uh, had recorded some songs to uh, some tracks that a friend had sent me in. Um, and then I would go out in promotion of these songs and, but it would just be the backing tracks. And I'm like, I don't know. I just remember doing a set at uh, Numo's, I think. And I was just thinking to myself, these people are paying money to watch me sing karaoke. Now the funny part is <laughs> the funny part is I host karaoke and people pay money to watch me host karaoke, but 
but that was not what I intended that music for. So it was in that moment on stage uh, where I decided to put together a band and just kind of make it an actual show. So the Soul Review, we are 13 solid now. In fact, I got Soul Review rehearsal a little later on tonight. Thir- 13 performers? Before I go and host karaoke. Thir- 13 performers or 13 years? 13 performers. Oh, 2023 cool. will be the 10th year. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw, um, I almost went to, uh, you were at the Neptune, I want to say about two months ago. Yeah, yep. So you're, you're, you're at some real gigs here. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So repeat. So, so repeat. The soul review is doing, uh, we're doing new year's Eve down at pioneer square this year. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough show, man. We're, uh, I got a five piece horn section and the thing about it was I was, I was kind of worried during the pandemic that, you know, once people, F off for a year or so, you know, are you going to be able to get the thing back together? But uh, yeah, we only had two horns going into the pandemic, came out with three more. So, (laughs) Uh, and it's, 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 it's kicking and clicking. It it really works. So uh, I'm excited about it. Has your writing changed since the pandemic? I mean, obviously I keep going back to that, uh, to our main song, our theme song for this show. And yeah, uh, uh, um, so with the soul review for me, it's pretty locked in because it is a direct homage, uh, to Motown okay. and that kind of heavy bass hand clappy thing. Um, but with fast nasties, uh, it, it's slightly more experimental um the albums don't have a theme to them but they definitely have uh, a vibe or a sound and uh they're all inherently filtered through us as musicians and what we do within the framework of fast nasties but uh for example um we're about to start working on two EPs. We've been we've done albums up to this point, so now we're going to break it off into EPs. And we're doing a Spanish EP called In Espanol. Hmm. And we're doing a children's album for adults is kind of how we describe <laughs> it. And that's called Jumping on the Bed. Okay. <laughs> and so the right. So they're two six-song EPs and we're working them as one project. So Kind of like Outcast did with Speaker Box and the Love Below. It was like two albums, but they came out together. Right, uh, but that one, uh, that one, Andre, two thousand, and uh, who's the other guy? Big Boy. Did, Big Boy. Didn't they each do one side of the album? Basically, yeah. Is, is the same thing going to happen with yours? Uh, well, no. Like well, you'll take the lead. Sort on of. One? The only difference is Andreas and I are working on them together. It's not like, well, this is my thing and this is his thing. This. Okay. The oh, wait. I, I see what it is. You got an Andreas as well. And then mm-hmm. that makes you big boy then, right? Sure. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Except I'm definitely the way weirder one. <laughs> um, but uh, the only reason we're doing them as EPs is because we don't want to do a full album in be- of either one uh, because, you know, they're both themed. Uh, and we don't want to be on the back end of 
a children's album and just stuck and not know what to do or where to go with it. And the same thing with the Spanish album. We don't okay. want our first oh, okay. foreign language album to just be, you know, okay, well, we got eight songs and we got to finish an album now. You know, it, we want it to be fun while it's fun. And then we'll get back to just doing what Fast Nasties does. Because we've already started writing the album after the EPs. Uh, a thing, a little, it's going to be a little juke joiny kind of sound called uh, Sad Bastards Blues Bar and Bail Bonds. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where can, where can um, our listeners, where can they find these albums when they are the EPs and, and, and your albums when they come oh, out? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I got a bunch of stuff out there. Eric Blue and the Soul Review, R-E-V-U-E. Um, uh, all in, in in all the usual internet places apple music spotify uh youtube title uh wherever the devil these children get their music these days <laughs> I, in fact you can even find me on tiktok if you want to make a dance out of it i'll gladly take those eyeballs and those views and those <laughs> hashtags <laughs> you can also get them from fastnastiesbandcamp.com right Bandcamp, you can get them right off of our website, fastnasties.co.uk. That's a British yeah. website? Yeah. Well, why do you have well, a British website? wanted fastnasties.com, but somebody already owned it oh. and had just parked on it. To this day, they're not using it, but they wanted like 10 grand for it. So we're like, eat a bag <laughs> of broken, you know. Uh, <laughs> so forget And okay. so we went.co.uk because the Brits eat it up as we thought they would and uh, um you know americans are um vapid enough to think we're exotic so. <laughs> perfect <laughs> i guess that works as a marketing tool so yeah you, man. you're let's talk some sports we will but i gotta ask this question i gotta ask this sure. question before we get there about seven eight years ago you told me you were gonna learn bass guitar did oh. that happen yet <laughs> Nope. <laughs> so you're making just as much progress now as you did on that. I mean, it literally, it is art now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great door opener, right? Or doorstop, yes. <laughs> well, I use it to open beer bottles. <laughs> big wow. old pop topper. All right, you're from Detroit. Let's ask you some let's ask you some <laughs> sports. Let's do it. So uh you're a Michigan Wolverines fan? Go blue. You, uh, you, uh, this, this has got to be, uh, got to be right in loving this year. I mean, uh, it's the really most together. wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, I, <sighs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I would love for Michigan to beat TCU and then get another crack at Georgia, not Ohio State. I don't want Ohio State to have a redo this year. I want them to sit on it <laughs> for a whole year. I want the Michigan, I want the rematch with Georgia because Georgia clobbered the Wolverines last year. And I, you know, this is the, this is the measuring stick. Um, Ohio State is soft. So you went to there. Well, I, said it. I, I can I can identify. I'm uh, I'm an Oregon Duck fan, so I want to reshot back in Georgia myself. Yeah, right. 
Right. So they uh, destroyed <laughs> us at the beginning of the year. <laughs> so do you think yeah. that last year's last year's team was a stepping stone to this year's team? Because I, I feel like they're a stronger team than they were last year. Yeah. Um yeah, absolutely. Um I think Harbaugh had to make some uh some staff moves. And I, I believe that those are paying off. I think that you are seeing uh the best, if not one of the best, uh, O lines in the country, and uh, who knew the kid could complete the long ball? <laughs> well, and how much are you missing Blake Corum right now? Well, I mean, it would be great to have <laughs> him and Donovan Edwards in there, and just who you're going to turn to, yeah, or the kid can get it downfield, yeah, real quick. Uh, it turns out, you know, just for these 85 yard bombs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, you're going to be there uh, next. I believe it's, oh no, it'd be the year after next when Michigan comes to Seattle, right? Uh, yes. Cause they got re they got rescheduled for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You going to be there? A, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Destroy the Huskies. <laughs> I will find a way. Well, I don't know. Let's not forget. The the dogs were also a top twenty five team. They were top. Oh, they're, they they're the really season? good. At like yeah. ten or eight, depending 12. on the poll that you looked at. A twelve right now, yeah, yeah. Twelve, twelve. Okay. No, I was forced to concede that they were good this year after they beat us. <laughs> I had to admit it. All right, so I I um I know that you went to Wayne State University. I'm curious why you're a Michigan yeah, Wolverines fan. Casey Kaysen. Is there? Is that... <laughs> yes, Shaggy himself. Um, but uh, what made you a Wolverines fan? Was it is it just the proximity from Detroit, or that was, was your family? It was the house I grew up in. Okay, you know, uh, I was also a a long suffering Lions fan. Um, so you know, it was the best choice. Interesting there. <laughs> What's you, that? I said it was the best choice. Yeah, it was. You know, who am I going to? I'm not going to root for the Packers. <laughs> oh, you and, you are long suffering because if I remember right, I gave you tickets. Because I didn't want to go to that game last year to yeah, Lions versus went, Seahawks. And the Seahawks beat the Lions. <laughs> Seahawks. Now listen. So this year is kind of interesting. Oh, with, yes, with it is. That. First of all, y'all didn't think old Gino could get it done. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's been, you know, the last few weeks have not been awesome. Um for for the Hawks. But uh what what you guys won here the Last one, right? Would you beat them? Was it no, Rams? we we got beat by the Niners. Oh, by the nine. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a little uh, embarrassing. So now there's a handful of seven and nine, or seven and nine, seven and seven teams, including to get into the playoffs, including including your guys, right? Including my Lions and your Seahawks. The Seahawks hold the tiebreaker uh, over the Lions in that. What was it, 48 to 45? How do you put up 45 and lose a game? Well, you ask the Detroit Lions. They'll show you how. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, well then, uh, tell me this. Fa so is Jared Goff your, your favorite Lions quarterback now, or is it or is it forever Rodney Pete? <sighs> or Charlie Batch? Or um, Scott Mitchell? Or... No. Help me out, help me out, Abe. How many other quarterbacks? Oh, Joey Harrington. Uh, John, oh, Joey John, Harrington. Yeah. Oh, John Kitna. Sweet. Kitna. Yeah. 
What is it? Kitna. Dave and, Craig took uh, a swipe. God, you guys really good for you. You guys are really good. But but of Stafford? course, Matt Stafford. Did we and get? I would Scott Mitchell over there. Yeah, I okay. said I, I would I would have to say with staff. I'd have to say Stafford just because, like a dozen, he he gave twelve years, and you know the knock on Stafford was that he couldn't get it done and. And then the the in defense of Stafford, people said, "Oh well, he didn't have any help." Well, he had one of the greatest receivers ever. Yeah, yeah, he had on defense. He on the defensive side of the ball, he was there when uh, Indomitian Sue was their guy. So it's not that Stafford didn't have any help. Stafford just had crap owners. The Lions still have crap owners. Yeah. And as long as the Ford family owns that team, that's just, you know, what it will be. <laughs> I don't, even if, here's how I feel about it. People are like, will ask me when I have this conversation, would you ever give the Lions any credit for what they're doing? I mean, they were one and six and now have not at the season. Listen, even if the Lions get hot and went out and just win it all somehow, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's, it's not all good with angry asshole dad just because he takes you to Disney World. <laughs> that explains it. I mean, it's kind of always been this way, though, hasn't it? You guys had the greatest running back in NFL history and decided oh, to play a pass-first offense. Um, right. And <laughs> Right. This has been going you know? going on for a while. The, the rest yeah. of the rest of uh, the nation just mourns the misuse of Barry <laughs> Sanders. Right. <laughs> you had you probably know, the I best. Mean, but, uh, our 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 quarterback, the, our our number one overall guy who was down for the Lions. Finally, you know they're like, listen, dude, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild. We don't want to put you through that. We'll trade you. Who was that? <laughs> And, and he, the very oh, next Stafford. year, Stafford, yeah, the very next year, he goes and gets a ring. <laughs> I was happy for him. I really I was. I was also happy for him. I was rooting for him. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now it turns out the first round draft pick that we got for him, one of the couple, uh, is going to be looking pretty good. Looking like a top five pick. So... You know, well, and great. it turns out it might be the end of his career too, Mr. Who? Stafford. Oh, crap. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. whoa, whoa. It's, it might rumors, be that bad, eh? Rumors mm -hmm. that, yeah, his, his, he has spinal cord contusions and there's something else right. with his neck. And it's like, you know, you, you had a long career, you earned your money, you got your ring. What are you killing yourself for? So, there, you know, there's rumors that he might be retiring. Well, yeah, but I mean, think about this. Calvin Johnson retired at the height of his career because oh, he just Calvin. was like, I don't want to be a lion anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see, and that's the thing, too. Like, as a as a band leader, the number one rule is keep your stars happy. Right. Keep your stars happy, and <laughs> they'll play for you all damn night. Now, I know you, I know you like your, um, I know you like your lions, you like your wolverines, but I think at least knowing you as long as I have, you're you're more of a Tigers fan than anything else, aren't you? I uh, yeah, that's it's 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 my thing. I remember you telling uh, me like your grandmother got you into. Oh my goodness, my grandmother used to march me out in the damn bleachers for doubleheaders, the Twilight <laughs> doubleheaders when they did such a thing. In fact, uh, the last so the Tigers were here the last series of the regular season for the Mariners, and one of those 
And I went to all of those games. <laughs> and uh, there was one that was a, the rare doubleheader. It was great. Yeah, I'm getting older. Doubleheaders are no longer interesting to go to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they are when your teams are when your team's good and the Mariners are good. I don't know. There was that 18 hour game, er, 18 inning game. Oh and by the end, gosh. I was, you know, after the beer had worn off and there were no more beer sales, like, oh, no. Oh, it's... you know what? Yeah, <laughs> you know what? My roommate Diego was at that game. <laughs> and uh, and he was like, yeah, after a while, it just like this <laughs> in beer sales at the end of the seventh and it could go a million innings and there's no more beer. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting to the point, you know, it's getting to the point where it's like, no, neither team was getting a hit and you're just yeah. watching like nothing, a lot of nothing happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That game tested the emotional. Uh, yeah, endurance I remember of watching it on, t on television. It was, I mean, it was, you'll remember it because it was so long and so ridiculous. And it just <laughs> ended just like that. It was just over next thing, you know, yeah, was but they gave it everything they had. I mean, yeah. you got to give them credit. Yeah, and, and let's remember the Mariners weren't supposed to make it past who was it, Toronto? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um I I I'm excited for Mariner baseball in twenty twenty three. Me too, definitely. Hey, did you have a did you have an idol when uh when you were growing up watching the Tigers? I did. Sweet Lou Whitaker was my guy, still my guy. Second oh, base, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. And, and, you know, there's the argument that, you know, people are upset that Whitaker uh, isn't in the hall. Um, so here's where I'm at on that. I, Lou Whitaker was a great player. He was a great hitter. Uh, he was a better hitter than Ozzie Smith, but not, I mean, Ozzie Smith was just far better defensively. So mm -hmm. that's why you put Ozzie Smith in the hall. Um my thing with Lou is Alan Trammell's in the hall and Alan Trammell doesn't get into the hall without Lou Whitaker. A short, but short stop for did. the short stop for the eighties Tigers, right? The short stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a tough one because I think Lou Whitaker wow. was a better player. Yeah. I sure. <clears throat> just did to be fair. I just did a quick check. Uh, I, I'm, Abraham's going to be upset at me right now because I'm going to pull a statistical no, statistical oh, thing no. here. <laughs> Getting out the war, the wins above replacement level. He had 75 over his entire career, and usually, if, like like 55 to 60 is the bear the barrier to get to the hall. 75 mm -hmm. and not being in the hall is pretty pretty crazy. That's kind of yeah. that's kind of why I call it the hall of pop the the, the hall of the hall of popularity. popularity. Yeah, because there are guys in there that. Um, uh, you know, the, they don't meet the threshold you're talking about, Matt. And I wonder if Lou Whitaker got into arguments with the media or something. And with the wrong people, yeah. like Kurt Schilling. All it takes is just to irritate a media member or two. And, uh, but see, that's the thing, though. Lou never had a whiff of any of that. He was pleasant with the media. Here's the thing, though. He didn't kiss their asses. To this mm. day, he'll Damn. let you know, I don't give a shit if I get in the hall or not. It, it's the a thing to y'all, not me. A quick question for you. Uh, so you're talking about Lou Whitaker and your love for baseball, but as we saw the world series, uh, there were actually no African-American uh, players on either team. Uh, 
Dusty Baker obviously is, but I mean, he's the coach. Uh, right. And it just it just kind of makes you think to the broader scope of things where I don't think baseball advertises to African-American population in America very well. well I just want to get your perspective on that. It doesn't really advertise and it doesn't uh, actively recruit uh, black kids to play even Little League. Uh, it's it just um, it doesn't. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I I think it's a great sport. It's so play. fascinating you say that because we interviewed Xavier McDaniel, former Supersonic. He said the mm. exact same thing with that you did. He's like, I don't know why. You know, like <laughs> yeah. No, it, baseball is terrible at marketing. They've always been terrible at marketing. It seems like you know. I mean, Mike Trout, the best player for the last ten years, should should be a household name. And mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't yeah. watch baseball has no idea who he is. Yeah, that's you that's know? absolutely true. Um, you know, so it, it yeah, it's just it's a failure of the sport. They've never really good at been good at marketing. Um, mm-hmm. and all their focus has been in 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 Latin America, yeah, in terms of recruiting. Um, yep. but yeah, there's there there is there are entire groups of people that they don't tap and they don't advertise to very well, and and that's why they're not. What their third, but but it's in popularity amazing. in the in the in the in the, um, in the U.S. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it's just embarrassing though. I mean the if you Matt, you were talking about uh, um, household name. The the one guy that should be a household name, African American, is Aaron Judge. You know, yeah. biggest contract, sure, biggest yeah. team, and you know, it's you know, especially all, after the season that guy had. Yeah, insane. Um, Absolutely, insane I, I would think season, somehow yeah. that should spark some interest. <laughs> for uh but anyway i don't know they're they're doing a bad job and but i mean uh, but baseball doesn't even promote its its legacy players i mean other than jackie robinson you don't hear anything about willie mays or hank aaron <laughs> you know i, I yeah th- that's well i guess we hear things about them but i mean like it, it's you could just go one level different like you said lou whitaker um yeah you know, well, uh, just just yeah, people will just go outside of base. People who pay attention to baseball and they don't, they they're not going to hear about him. Uh-uh. They're no. not going to hear about Willie Mays. They're not going to hear Ken Griffey Jr. They're not going to hear about him. You know, I mean, right here in Seattle, we we might hear about him occasionally because we're baseball fans and we're tuned to Seattle. But but you know, yeah, they they they're just terrible at marketing. It's all marketing, and they don't. Well, think about think about what uh, think about what football does. They're constantly in football comparing today's players to somebody from 1985 or something like that. Right. They, they talk about who's better Brady or Montana, you know, who's, 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 who's better LeBron or Michael Jordan. You know, there's constantly the comparisons and yeah, when you watch it, when you watch your average baseball game, it isn't like, Hey, you know, this Julio Rodriguez, he's going to be the next Willie Mays. You know, you don't hear that. That would be an amazing compliment. It would be. I, well, <laughs> it, it's just I just, baseball would be the one sport, you know, with the Ken Burns with the Ken Burns documentaries, that yeah. should cherish the past more than any other sport, but it doesn't. Well, but that's the thing, though. You, you you would think most baseball fans have a more appreciation for history, just the way the game is played and the way, that, yeah, like you're talking about the, the steeped in history and all that stuff. But yeah, it doesn't make the mainstream. It doesn't penetrate society. It doesn't penetrate, you know, the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bummer. Well, I know we're getting up towards the end of the show here. 
Um, I know Matt asked about your website. Do you have any, uh, do you have any gigs coming up? I know you said, uh, new year's day, right? Uh, new year's Eve new year's at Eve. central saloon pioneer square. That's the solar view. And then fast nasties is, um, <laughs> somewhere in February, uh, toward the end of February, I'm drawing a blank right now, but, uh, uh, fast nasties is, uh, in the studio doing a lot of recording right now so the most annoying thing for me in hurting all these cats is <laughs> trying to do gigs and recording at the same time so i try to if one band is doing gigs the other band is in the studio and i just kind of balance them out like that instead of trying to have both bands doing all things all the time uh, and and just, people can and people can also see you at the local karaoke, right? Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, on uh, Thursdays and Fridays, when I don't have a gig or I'm otherwise in town, I am hosting at the Waterwheel in Ballard. Nice. And uh, on Saturdays and Sundays, when I don't have a gig or I'm otherwise in town, I'm hosting at the Rickshaw Ooh. in Greenwood. Fantastic. So, uh, it's a good time, man. It's uh, especially around the holidays. People want to just uh, get tanked and sing some <laughs> bad Andy Williams. Come on out. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, you gotta, you, do you have Hall of Notes in your collection? I, you know, I got a ton of Hall of Notes in my collection. All right. There we, go. Yeah. there we go. I also have Journey. And when I say yeah. I have Journey, I don't say that to encourage people to do Journey. But if you insist on doing Journey, I have more than don't stop believing <laughs> good, good fantastic yeah you know because people never want to do lights or open arms or separate ways or any of the other like awesome journey songs it's, yeah separate ways will always be one of my favorite because you can uh, instead of air guitar you can air key air keyboard guitar yeah air, that's, that's, that that's what it is <laughs> <laughs> all right and then uh social media where can people where can people best find you well, uh, you can best find me on Instagram at who underscore is underscore blue, B-L-U, uh, and uk, And then uh, musically, I'm wherever you want to find me. <laughs> Fantastic. And at the end of the show, we always like to do a little shout out, such so as kind of sending a positive vibe out there to the universe with the person, place, or thing that you're uh, your grateful for and i'll just go ahead and get this one started and we'll get to you last eric uh, i, I want to give a shout out to uh carolyn williams carolyn williams uh, i used to rent a room for her in college and she reached out to me the other day uh connected with her for the first time in 15 years and it's it's great to hear from you and merry merry christmas to you and your family matt over to you uh, i'm gonna give a shout out to uh sandra chalmers she's a my, my old boss and, and good friend who uh, reached out to me, she's been having a rough time. Her, her uh, dad recently passed, but uh, she's going to be in town. I'm going to see her uh, early this next year. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing her. And uh, also to everyone out there, have a safe and happy holiday. And you, Eric? I would like to give a shout out to the guy on the plane. So yesterday, <laughs> I was... Here's the thing. I don't mind flying, but I... I hate airports. I hate everything about mm -hmm. airports. Just everything about them. Uh, it just bugs me from the, the queuing to the everything. The the jack up in the prices, just the people in airports. 
are just <laughs> all bad. So <laughs> I had on a Santa hat like yours yesterday. And I was getting on the airplane, boarding, and I'm like, they, they got to have a better way of just, all right, this is my row, and you're going to wait for me to try to get my bag in the thing. And it just, it's just like, ah, I just want to get to my seat. And <laughs> so I'm just kind of in this grumbly mood, walking down the aisle, and this guy goes, hey, it's Christmas and already. Here comes Santa. Merry Christmas, Santa. And I was like, all right. I'm supposed to be jolly. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that quick change of perspective. And, you know, it, 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 it showed me that even when I am not operating from within my light, it can still be seen. So I would like to shout out guy on the plane for changing my whole perspective in that instant. Great. Well, thank you very much, Eric Martin from fast nasties. This is your song, by the way, right here oh and you're also from <laughs> eric blue in the soul review people can find you around town but check out our podcast here on sport seattle sports as well as spotify and itunes and check us out at seattle sports you on twitter and facebook see you guys next time <laughs>